0: Smell what The Rock is cooking. The Rock says he's all psyched about the XFL. Oh, wait a minute. The Rock isn't psyched. He's pumped about the XFL. No, 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 no. The Rock isn't pumped. The Rock is geeked about the XFL. Yeah, that's it. The Rock is geeked. Oh, wait a minute. The Rock was geeked last week, so The Rock can't be geeked now. The Rock is more than that. The Rock says he's cranked about the XFL. As a matter of fact, The Rock is just like everybody else in America. We're all psyched, pumped, geeked, and cranked. So to all the coaches in the XFL, to all the players in the XFL, and on behalf of the fans in the XFL, The Rock simply says, just bring it. Just
1: bring it. Well, I didn't think the first show I've done in about a year and a bit, okay, maybe not that long, would open with a Rock promo, but here we are. Welcome to episode number 49 of the Legend Emerson Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Lucas Macari and Brandon Manitoba. Joining me over the interwebs, is Matt Gorley in Regina. Matt, how are things? It's been a while since we've done a show, you and it's, I. it's
2: been a while. We, uh, we've got some obscure football. And it's time to get back um, uh, on the podcast and, and watch some um, defunct football
1: leagues. Yes. Uh, brief programming note. This is the last episode of, the, of a group of five that's going to be posted here in the next few days when this is originally being posted. Uh, but it's the last episode I'm recording here in Brandon because I have a new job opportunity in Thunder Bay that'll be starting up... Uh, In a little over a week's time. So we're going out of a bang, so to speak. We've got five episodes before I arrive in Thunder Bay. And this episode with Matt, we've talked about doing it for a while. Last time you were on was a couple years ago now. We did the uh, Giants and Packers NFL championship game. You said that you had opinions about the very first XFL games (laughs) a while ago. So guess what, kids? We're traveling back to February 3rd or February of 2000 to discuss the New York, New Jersey Hitmen and the Las Vegas Outlaws. Go ahead, Matt. Rant away.
2: 2001, first off. Uh,
1: we'll we'll get to 2000 in a little bit because actually, we'll see. Continue.
2: Flower of my
1: youth.
2: Um, excited for a new football league. Not a not a wrestling fan at all. <laughs> and um, this thing, I don't know. I still marvel at this whole league. It it was a terrible idea, really poorly executed, and it almost could have been. Like an incredible achievement, and they had so much going and so many good ideas that I don't think were like from the top, and they completely botched it.
1: <laughs> yes, we'll get through a lot of that as we go along here, and I'll, I'm kind of with Matt of kind of how things went, and I'll give you my review after. So, the league itself. Vince McMahon had tried to purchase the CFL in the 1990s. The league apparently had offered him the Argos at one point, per Wikipedia. And NBC is in need of sports programming because CBS now has the rights to the AFC games as of 1998. Therefore, the league is announced on February 3rd, 2000, and a little over a year later is the first game. So... As Matt said, there's a lot of ideas here, starting off with some of the rule changes. Instead of a coin toss, we have an opening scramble. In the other game taking place on this day, Orlando's Hassan Dean separates his shoulder and is done for the season. Good start. Good. I, I, I was going to...
2: I was waiting to make the reference as they show the scramble. It's like, yeah, this isn't going to turn out well. It's not going to turn out well in like an
1: hour from now. <laughs> uh, there's no point after attempts, a single point after a touchdown. That'll change the two or three point conference as we go forward. Uh, overtimes, the NCAA slash CFL style, full bump and run coverage. That eventually changes a lot of punt rules. Out of bounds, a 10-yard penalty. Any punt further than 25 yards can be recovered by the kicking team. No fair catches, and there's also a no-yard rule and uh, go ahead matt uh, you know they, they kept hyping about no fair catch I'm like well it's a cfl that's a five year it's, <laughs> it's
2: no yards it's fine it's been around 100 years i think we're gonna gonna adapt but uh yeah i mean the on-field stuff some of that worked some of it maybe less so but i think the two-point stuff was was interesting i think the punk rules were generally not bad but i think in the production sides where they really could have um really changed the way the game was done and there was so much potential there they just completely squandered it
1: mm-hmm. also a 35 second play cock and not really a rule change but the sky cam which you see now a lot in NFL stuff really kind of sort of started around the XFL
3: yeah that was
1: for
2: me the big thing when, when I was watching this first game and they brought out the sky cam I thought you know this is kind of goofy it's like when you're watching an NHL game and they're on the power play of the side to show you the power play from buying the net and you're just like go no, 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 go back to the main camera. But um, we're also used to playing video games from this angle. Yeah. And I thought with having that, it, times it wasn't wide enough. I would like to have seen a more wide recency of the receivers a little bit. But, um, yeah, I, it, it got me a really interesting view. And I think where this league failed for me was that if you were a football nerd and really into the X's and O's and stuff, this was a dream. And they didn't care about that stuff at all. They didn't care about the football in the slightest. They were into the stupid titillation and the cross-motion with wrestling. Um, If you watch this game, you'll see there's a cheerleader from Vegas with like really, really short blonde hair, like a bob. I swear to God, she was in every promo. Every time they go to commercial, we see this woman. I don't know who she is, whose cousin she was. Niece, I have no idea. But when I think of the XFL, I don't think of he hate me. I don't think of... Like, any of the actually pretty decent players that were in this league, you know, Tommy Maddox is the most guys. Mm-hmm. I think of that stupid Vegas cheerleader. <laughs> like, she's in all the promos. Anyway, um, but that just speaks to the league, right? It's it's the stupid circus stuff. Like, there was that whole weird thing where they someone was going to get to go into the locker with the cheerleaders, and it was a whole bit. It was just the stupid, like... 12 year old level titillation stuff they do at WWF at, mm-hmm. at the time that I'm like yeah like just shut up and let me listen to the play calling which was kind of interesting because you can hear all the play calls Yeah, and Um, I think if you were able to listen to it frequently, knew your team on Buff, you'd probably have a pretty good sense of what your offense was. Mm -hmm. And certainly if you had someone in the booth who was actually competent, I know what they're talking about. More on that in a bit. (laughs) Yeah. Well, like Tony Romo knows what's going to happen before it happens half the time without hearing the play calls. You give them the play calls, he would be like, okay, they're going to look at like a hot route to the left here, but they're going to have three receivers to the right, blah, blah, blah. Then you're... This, like, you, you should know run pass if you know much about football in the series, the, the call, the formation you should know what is a run player a pass play that's being planned anyway so even some of that stuff for me is pretty interesting but they weren't really interested in some of the the you know, having an all-22 look and having mm-hmm. that interesting angle and having um, the players' mic was really interesting too and they didn't capitalize on that um, and this sort of comes back to my thing with WWE and like, this league, really, kind of fell back on being, like, uh, controversial and, like, aggressive, but in a really safe PG-13 kind of way that was really boring. Yeah. But, um, you know, obviously they're an NBC, and that's what it is, but they had players mic'd up. They could have left them not be censored. They had games on cable. Mm-hmm. Like, why not have an XFL after dark? If you're actually going to be this extreme whatever league, let them crash talk to each other. With, like, that would be actually pretty funny and entertaining, I think, if you didn't send so them and mute them. I think that'd be really good. But
1: So uh, if the XFL came out now, we'd have a Dave Pash Bill Walton booth, is what you're telling me.
2: Wow. <laughs> I think we'd have – I think they would be much more entertaining than what we got in 2001. <laughs> but I think uh, – yeah,
1: I think – I think they could have actually been controversial and or edgy. Mm -hmm. they
2: were
3: really fake edgy.
1: Yeah. So you mentioned there's some good players in the league. We'll go through some of the players and coaches around the league uh, for some of these guys here. Because there's a lot of journeymen. But there is some guys on here. In the East Division, there's the Birmingham Thunderbolts. They were supposed to be the Birmingham Blast. But if you know your Birmingham history... (laughs) (laughs) Head coach Jerry DiNardo, who coached at Vanderbilt, LSU, and later Indiana. Notable players on the team. Former Alabama quarterback Jay Barker. And former Florida State quarterback Casey Weldon. Let's remember some guys.
2: Weldon was pretty good.
1: I mean, not so much... NFL, but a college quarterback. <laughs> uh, Chicago Enforcers, head coach Ron Meyer, role corruption <laughs> There have been rumors of Buddy Ryan and Dick Butkus at one point had the job and ended up going to the league office. You'll see or hear him from a little bit later on. Uh, notable players on the team, John Avery, first round pick by Miami in 1998 Future Western Michigan head coach at quarterback Tim Lester, and a couple guys who'd win Super Bowls later on. Wide receiver Fred Coleman with the Patriots in 2002, and Corey Ivey, cornerback with the Bucks in 2003. New York, New Jersey Hitman, your general manager, former Dallas Cowboy Drew Pearson. Your head coach is Rusty Tillman. His only head coaching gig, a longtime Seattle assistant. His last job before this was an Indianapolis defensive coordinator in 1998. Tight end and running backs coach. Uh, Later offensive coordinator with the Lions, Chargers, and Broncos is Joe Lombardi. As for players on his team, not a lot, which could be foreshadowing for how they do in this game.
2: Charlie
3: Charlie Polari. (laughs) Charlie Polari erasure right
1: there. Orlando Rage. Uh, Their head coach, Galen Hall, who was uh, with the Ryan Fire in NFL Europe before this and also coached Florida. Offensive coordinator was Mike Kelly, who would be the head coach and general manager of Winnipeg in 2009. A season we'll discuss another day. Um, your, head, or your quarterback is Jeff Brom, the current head coach at Louisville, formerly Western Kentucky and Purdue. Uh, linebacker Richard Young would later become WWE wrestler Ricky Ortiz. See crossover, trying to recruit for the <laughs> wrestling company. Uh, offensive tackle Dan Goodspeed, who would later play with the Bombers, Cats, and Riders. And Kevin Swain, who this year played with Orlando, the AFF, AFL's, New York Dragons, excuse me, Arena Football League, and the New York Jets. So he had a busy year. That's a lot
2: of uh, a lot of uniforms and a lot of, uh, a lot of track suits to rack up there.
1: <laughs> um, over in the West, Las Vegas Outlaws head coach Jim Kreiner, uh, coach with Boise State, Iowa State, and the Scottish Claymores. Um, the, uh, notable players on the team, Adriano Belly, future CFLer. Uh, Rams and Lions wide receiver Mike Furry, longtime CFL kicker Paul McCollum, Yo Murphy at wide receiver, the only player to stood up in the World Bowl, Super Bowl, and Grey Cup games, and the man, the myth, the legend, he hate me, Rod Smart, who later played for Carolina. Fun fact, Smart's jersey was supposed to say, they hate me, but there apparently wasn't enough room on it.
2: We could have solved a lot of problems and a lot of confusion for uh, (laughs) (laughs) representative... uh... Uh, Jesse
1: Ventura, there, if uh, he got those extra two letters in. Yes. Uh, the LA Extreme head coaches, Al Bell San Diego State, and the Amsterdam Admirals. Offensive coordinator, uh, later CFL head coach GM, Jim Barker. Um, notable players on that team linebacker Brendan Avogadro, who played in the NFL from 03 to 12 with Dolphins, Bears, and Ravens. Future CFL wideout with the Al Stamps and Argos, Jermaine Copeland. NFL journeyman kicker, Jose Cortez. Kicker slash punter, Noel Free Fontaine, over you know to CFL. Uh, the aforementioned Tommy Maddox, first round pick by Denver in 1992, was there then with the Rams and Giants in '96, and eventually after his XFL run goes to Pittsburgh from 01 to 05. Uh, future CFL head coach Scott Milanovic is also at quarterback, and Bobby Singh at guard, the only player to win a XFL championship with the Extreme, an NFL championship with the Rams in the 99 season, and a CFL championship with BC in 2006.
2: Shout out to Bobby Singh, I didn't know that.
1: Uh, The Memphis Maniacs, coached by former running backs coach of the Green Bay Packers, Kippy Brown. Let's remember some coaches, Matt. I don't remember that, to be honest. (laughs) Tight end coach Fred Barnett, who was a pro board with the Eagles in 92. Stanley Morgan, a top wideout with the New England Patriots, wide receiver coach. Notable players on the team, quarterback Marcus Crandall, who would go on to be MVP of the Great Cup in 2001. This is Calgary Stampeders. Former 49ers first-round pick quarterback Jim Druckenmiller. Uh, Cowboys in Tampa wide receiver Alvin Harper uh, Paris Lennon who played until 2013 with Denver was the last XFL player in the NFL and Rashawn Salon the 1994 Heisman winning running back of Colorado and a Chicago Bears first round pick in 1995
2: We, uh, we may or may not have a signed Marcus Crandall sneaker from the Grey Cup in the Sassport
1: Hall of Fame Culture Finally, the San Francisco yeah. Demons. Uh, we have some USFL crossover coming with head coach Jim Skipper, who is a longtime running backs coach, including with the Philadelphia Stars. Matt, see, we're able to work the USFL into this show.
3: I'll always not
1: bring the USFL into it. Uh, D-line coach is Keith Millard, Minnesota Viking star, who just appeared in the John Bois series, which I hope you're all watching at this point. <laughs> Offensive coordinator Joe Pow uh, and a lot of uh, former CFLers on this team we're current would end up being CFLers. Running back Calvin Anderson, Quarterback slash kick returner Marvin Coleman, wide receiver slash kick returner Jimmy Cunningham, linebacker Otis Floyd, Travis Moore at wide receiver, and Baron Simpson at linebacker. Also had future Bengal and Saints safety Kevin Cashavarian And running back Vaughn Dunbar, first-round pick by the Saints in 1992. That is a good collection of guys.
2: That is a pretty impressive collection of guys. Absolutely. But some talent there. I mean, you know, there's those guys that end up being pretty decent. Some have had some good college careers. So um, considering how bad the football was at time <laughs> in this league, um, I think
3: playing, uh, I, I think not having time to prepare was a bigger
2: problem than actually the talent on the field. Because I think um, there's a fair bit of talent, actually, you know, for as much as the XFL's is lines mm-hmm. retroactively for just being a really terrible product. They don't think the coaching was great. I don't think the prep time was what they needed, but uh, there
1: were mm. some players in there. So we head to opening day, February 3rd, 2001, about a year after league was announced at Sam Boyd Stadium in Las Vegas. The intro graphic comes up. Smash Mouth, passion, no fair catch, controversy, paid to play, paid more to win. Folks, they're being paid to play. Look at <laughs> <laughs> then they're talking about So you have a new football league You want to make a first impression right Here's the damn rock <laughs> Foreshadowing to 20 years later But still I love
2: that the rock comes out And if there's supposed to be crowd noise or reaction but There's just nothing He comes to the big screen there's no reaction And he's talking in the third person And he's like You can't be geeked in consecutive weeks Like what's going on It's like the rock was geeked last week Okay, now you're cranked this week,
1: alright, is us cool rock So we have the rock, but then we have another guest Here comes Vincent Kennedy McMahon, ladies and gentlemen (laughs) Let's listen in
0: Ladies and gentlemen, the founder of the
4: XFL, Vince McMahon and coaches in the XFL, we welcome you to our brand of football. We welcome you to our game. We invite you to enjoy the all-access pass that gives you freedom to go places that other leagues have determined to be off limits. So too. Our worldwide television audience, to fans all over North America, to fans here in Las Vegas, on behalf of the players we simply say thank you, thank you for the privilege of competing before you here tonight. Ladies and gentlemen,
1: this is the XSF! So Vince comes out and he's doing the Vince strut like you see on Raw back in the Attitude Era. Then there's a shot of a bootleg man if no name from the Good and Bad to the Ugly holding two beer bottles in the crowd. I'm like, good start, good start. I'm glad you noticed the poncho guy double fisting <laughs> bottles
2: of beer because I was thinking like... Are those bottles? Could you still buy bottles when oh, they show the rest of the court? Everyone else has cups. That man smuggled <laughs> whole
1: bottles of beer, perhaps a case, under that pod show, and no one cares. When was Bottlegate? I think it's um, like two thousand one, so it's like later that year. Yeah, right. <laughs> Future I mean, game right. on the podcast probably Bottlegate. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah, that Cleveland game, but yeah, like I mean, it just was such a bad idea, particularly in Vegas. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but I mean, it's the XFL. <laughs> Um, We then, Vince is talking about our worldwide audience. Uh, sure. I don't know who is. I've
2: mean, watched this in a different country, so sure. I don't know. <laughs>
1: um, he's not trying to do the Vince voice until the, this is the XFL.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which my brother still does as a meme to this day. <laughs> I, you know, as much as I laugh with The Rock coming on and being deadly silence the crowd popped for to come out like it's that much he mm-hmm. so still the, had a bit of that, that swag yes um, so the outlaws come out my note is the outlaws come out like they're a one one double eight team in the NCAA video game <laughs>
2: there is there is not a lot of fire I mean it feels like they're trying to come out of a
3: very narrow closet
1: <laughs> then there's like then this announcer this is a sarcastic and now let's give a warm welcome to New York New Jersey hitman boo boo <laughs> <laughs> Then we cut to a sign that people behind us can't see a damn thing. Many people are dressed as seats behind them. (laughs) Well, we haven't talked about the broadcast booth yet. Let's get introduced.
5: From a sold-out, jacked-up Sam Boyd Stadium in Las Vegas, week one of the XFL, the New York, New Jersey hitmen and the Las Vegas outlaws. It is perhaps the most eagerly anticipated inauguration that the sports world has seen in quite a while. The creation of a brand new style football league, the XFL. Matt Vaskirjian, Jesse Ventura and Jesse is excited as fans have been for this day to come. The guys really excited for this are those guys out on the field.
0: Absolutely Matt, it's the players and let me talk about the players for a moment and the sacrifices they have had to make to play the game that they love. Many of them left jobs, they left loved ones and they put it all on the line because practice started in November they got paid not one nickel to go through these practices to arrive here tonight. put it all on the line now tonight they will get paid but the thing i love about the xfl is the heart and soul that these players show for the love of the game of playing football and the opportunity of continuing to play the game they love here in the xfl it's a night of
5: firsts in las vegas and to help us kick off this historic night let's go down to the field with mike adamley Ladies and gentlemen, he is the personification of the XFL. He is the league's director of competition. He is Hall of Famer Dick Butkus.
0: You know, in the past, all football games get started with a coin toss no way jose here we are in the xfl we're going to compete for the right to choose who possesses the ball at the start of the game two players one ball whoever possesses the ball gets his choice not only for the start of the game but also for overtime should that be necessary good luck guys and
5: once again to win the scramble you must have full Representing the New York, New Jersey hitmen. Number 21, safety, Donnie Caldwell. For the Las Vegas Outlaws. Number 28, safety, Jamel Williams.
4: Let's go to head referee. Once again, once again, guys, it's going to be ready, set, and a whistle. Don't jump and go for the ball,
5: on each other. Ready, set. Couple of safeties going to scramble for the right to possession. The hometown hero is on it, but the ball's still alive. Jamel Williams jumps on it. And the hometown guys have light to kick or receive. We haven't even started yet, buddy, and the place is already going nuts.
0: you what let's let's take a look what a what a move by jamal williams he couldn't get possession right away but he got he got possession of the football and las vegas will get it here you see it they're both going for it caldwell and williams to dive the ball squirts loose still an open ball
1: and williams lands on the ball so las vegas will receive the kickoff Matt Maskurgeon and Jesse Ventura. And there's a whole lot of other stuff you heard after that as well. Matt's face is like an oh Christ look on it as Jesse cuts a promo. <laughs> I, you know what, I I
2: have nothing good to say about Jesse for anything in the XFL. He spent most of his, I mean, was as bad as some of the announcers, they had screaming nonsense to the microphones. and uh, Jesse didn't see a play he never couldn't undersell or oversell,
4: you know. <laughs> Oh my God! What is? Calm down. Calm down. <laughs> you ain't got time <laughs> to bleed.
2: <laughs> his, and him riffing about guys not really being in cuffs, Like, It's just, it ain't just so bad. Anyway, um, his talk about them leaving their families and giving a the last shot, and not making any money, and they're not being paid about—that was good stuff. I was like, this is really nice blue collar, salt of the earth stuff. It was like, get me going. I'm like, give me more of that.
1: That was good. I was, I was feeling that. So, as you heard, um, we then get to a former American Gladiators announcer and future WWE guy who butchered Jeff Hardy's name on a pay-per-view and called him <laughs> Jeff Harvey, Mike Adamley. <laughs> uh, t- Tieding with Dick Buckus, the director of competition. <laughs> Congrats, Dick, I guess.
2: If you ever wanted to hear Dick Buckus say, no
1: way, Jose, <laughs> this was your chance. Also, good Christ, the crowd camera edits are rapid fire in this. That was my other notice in this intro. they just like, boom, 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 boom. Um, I,
2: I heard about this battle for the ball thing, and I thought it was corny, but I was curious. I was so disappointed they weren't <laughs> running at each other. I've always picked them running at each other, just like the whole of death style. Yes. The fact they beside each other all, was right off the jump, just disappointing.
1: Mm-hmm. So, you know, Donnie Caldwell, defensive back the hitman, defensive back to Jamal Williams are the outlaws. Williams can't haul in the first time they race for it. Gets it again, and then they get the ball for the kickoff. And now we cut to Matt's friends, the cheerleaders. Dancing to I Really Like Girls by George Thorogood. What a choice, ladies and gentlemen. Pre 9 11 was a time in America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I.
2: Well we'll, well, we'll get to the Orlando game. They come back
1: to the Orlando game. Yes, we'll, we'll touch on to that a little later. later. And, like, like, let's go to a game that's actually interesting. And it's like, well, let's just go to the cheerleadership let see if the <laughs> game happens later. Um, Matt is hyping up the coaches chat, which you'll hear, which isn't really that exciting. But you hear Jim Primer of Vegas and Rusty Tillman of the Hitman. So let's listen to that.
5: Let's lay it on the line and play as hard as we can for four full quarters. Knock their butt off on the first play and then pick the tempo up each and every quarter. Let's
4: get after their butts and play our go.
0: Let's go out there and play this game the way I know we're going to play it. We're going to play well we make a right. mistake, we say to hell with it, we go, go to the
1: next play. Come on, go. All right, let's go. No, 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 no. Matt on Rusty, quote, at times you think he's completely whacked out of his mind. <laughs> they, they act like Rusty Tillman is going to shank someone during <laughs> this
2: game if they drop a pass. Like, Rusty Tillman looks like the most central casting, old school bubba, schlubby, let's get out there and give it a good battle, let's get after their fucking man, kind of coach. Like, He's not a crazy person. <laughs> They're talking about he's gonna like also well, carry for halftime. He's gonna lose his mind. I'm like, mm, we're not. Just, <laughs>
4: just
2: tell him to work hard, and make some adjustments.
1: Uh, then we get to Jesse Ventura going over to pay play for pay per game. Quarterbacks five thousand dollars. Others forty five hundred. Kickers thirty five hundred. You get an extra twenty five hundred for each win. $7,500 for each playoff win, and then the title team splits a million in the, quote, big game at the end. I, I, I
2: forgot about that. I was like, right, they didn't have a name for the final, and they literally just start calling it the big game at the end, which was so meta. I kind of liked it.
1: I think it eventually it, becomes a million dollar game. It becomes
2: a million dollar game, which is, to be fair, a better name, and, you know, kind of little on the nose for the whole we're paying to, to win, but... Um the game at the end is just, it's just so funny to me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we also get Matt Vaskers at the end of doing a horrible Dr. Evil $1 million bit. We'll, we'll discuss more about Vaskers as we go along here. <laughs> oh, Matt. Anyway, the Outlaws receive the ball to start the game. Leo Argas is the kicker. The Hitmen are favored by five and a half per Vegas. This might have been yeah. one of the first times you're getting lines dropped into, a—I guess, a pro broadcast. I'm getting, Boxing may have done it at that point, but...
2: What was that based on? <laughs> like if you watch this game, who made these guys five and a half point favorites?
1: Because <laughs> they're based in New York, East Coast bias. Some
2: Charlie Polari <laughs> truthers out there really, really loving that uh, that
1: quarterback from Brooklyn they got down there right. New York, New Jersey. Let's go into the first play. Erigus ready to go.
5: February third, two thousand and one, the XFL is born. Jason Kaiser from his own end zone. Little Tom four. It's
0: Jamal it Williams. What a Locked beautiful down play. at the 40. I'll tell you, I love it. A reverse on the opening kickoff. Jamal Williams brings it all the way
1: out to the 40. So Jason Kaiser takes it from the end zone and gives it to Jamal Williams on a handoff, who he heads towards the sidelines to the forty on sort of a reverse play. So not a bad way to get things rolling.
2: Um, you know, as I said about just finch overselling uh, anything, we, we're off to a hot start here. Jesse's pretty excited.
1: So, we get the, you're going to hear the player introductions from Matt as you normally would on a normal broadcast talking about the defense for the Hitman. And then the Outlaws, well, you'll see. The New York defense,
5: they're big and ugly up front, led by Tim Beecham, a four year letterman at the University of Florida. Israel Rayborn's another big one that Vegas is going to have to deal with tonight. He was a Division II Defensive Lineman of the Year in 1995 at North Alabama U. Dwayne Sobb's got a lot of NFL experience, and they call Christian Mamalanga Mamu, an ex New York giant with these New York, New Jersey hitmen. And who better to introduce the Las Vegas offense than the Las Vegas offense?
4: Ryan right, Clement,
5: quarterback. BCS is a sham. University of Miami national champs. Todd Floyd, wide receiver. Welcome to the city that really never
0: sleeps. What's up, to the University of Washington, 2001 Rose Bowl 10. Ben Snell, Ohio Northern, running back. Let's kick some ass, baby. Dave Diaz-Zafonte, offensive center, San Jose State. Dante, Mijo, this is for you. Isaac Davis, offensive guard, University of Arkansas. Let's say hello to Cameron Steven, I love you. Eric Bateman, offensive left tackle. Basin City! Ricky Brady, tight in. Happy birthday, David. Hi, Jenny.
5: Raw, oh, smart, running bike. WKU, West of Kentucky Universe. And they hate me, baby. They hate me. Mike Northern University of Northern Iowa. I'm not a receiver. I'm a threat. I want to say what's up to all my peoples in the crowd. Say what's up to all my peoples back in Columbus. Maddie, your party better be rocking.
1: Where to start? Uh, we have a lot to go over here. I, I, this because like I you know as dumb as it
2: is I love it when they do like the fallen themselves and half of have some stupid thing that they're doing with you know the or whatever, you know, some goopy thing that makes sense to only them. These guys are shouting out friends and family back home, which is great. But let's start with Ryan Clement.
1: Ryan Clement informs us that the BCS is a, champ, a sham and Miami is national champs. My notes are, I wonder where he went to school, followed by, I'm pretty sure Oklahoma ran the table that year.
2: Ryan Clement, just not afraid to get political right off the bat, he's... <laughs>
1: You, you I, could have waited to maybe, like, I don't know, the USC-LSU split national championship, but... He's, he's, got, a, he's got a platform. He's got things to say. <laughs> to be fair, I think I like the BCS more than the playoff, but that's another story for another day. <laughs> Unfortunately
2: for Eric Bateman, left...
3: <laughs>
2: forgot his position. I like it. Uh, he's a man who doesn't have anything to say and clearly does not want to be on camera like every other one of his teammates. And I love... He looks completely lost, You're in headlights, and then Chris Deacon starts laughing at him on air.
1: I think Bateman just about belched, by the way, I'm pretty sure. Is. <laughs> Can you imagine if he threw up on himself when they put the camera on him? Amazing. amazing. Um, Rod Smart says, they hate me. I wonder what that could be about. And then Mike Furry, wide receiver, quote, I'm not a receiver, I'm a threat. <laughs> Mike Furry, University of Northern
2: Iowa. <laughs> Also, was up to all his peoples back in
3: Columbus.
2: (laughs) Shut up to the homies in Columbus. That man caught 98 passes for the Detroit Lions, if anyone does remember that, because I'm sure no one remembers that. He was a
1: good sleeper wideout in Madden, because I remember him in Madden. Unless you
2: had him in fantasy that year, in which case he made your season, he's one of the weirdest one-year NFL stars of all time. He's like a more anonymous Wayne Krabat, but actually probably... (laughs) A better year, yeah. Like ninety-eight catches. So you know what, Mike Furry, You ever seen Northern Iowa? I believe you're a threat <laughs> and not a receiver.
1: Um, it be that. Good thing it wasn't Lawrence Phillips doing that intro. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so Clement scrambles for about eight yard run to first play of the game, and you see them using the Skycam and you also get the coach of team communication, which we talked about in the intro. Uh, Chris Malaluga then jumps the snap massively and wrecks Clement a first down, penalty of five yards. A uh, couple plays later. Smarks worse his way down for a gain of 15 as they discover he hate me. More on that in a bit. A uh, little bit later, they find, uh, Clement finds Todd Floyd wide out for a first down. Uh, then we get this weird promo about Ryan Clement knowing how to score with one of the cheerleaders. So I'm sure. <laughs> There's a... Yeah. Go ahead.
2: Not not awkward. The slide is not forced and terrible and just throwing your
1: it's just Yeah. Um, there's a flag then for a delay of game. They're showing the X cam, which I think is what they're calling the Sky Cam. Matt calls it, quote, classic voyeurism. <laughs> 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 On a third and yeah. 13 pass to Todd Floyd, Joey Ilms is called for pass interference. First, and goalie chucks it to Smart, gained of a little better. Clemens rush rushed back. Smart then rushed out to the five. Clement lobs up to Furry and to Cordy Enzo, but incomplete. Paul McCallum, hey, I heard of him, kicks a field goal from 23 yards out. It is 3-0 Vegas after the first drive.
3: Great piece of,
2: of trivia that Ryder Legend has long-fertilized by the fans. Paul McCallum. The fans <laughs> used to chant MVP Most Valuable Paul anytime he kicked when they were really terrible.
3: First
2: points in XFL history. Well done, Paul
1: McCallum. And now here's some bloke that hasn't been introduced chasing down Rod Smart. All right, we're with Rod, with Rod Smart. Rod, of course, says he
4: hate me on the back of his jersey. Rod, why do you have he hate me on your jersey?
1: Cause they hate me, man. Look how they looking at me, look. At... look, how at me. look at me. Baby, we're gonna have to fight, bye.
0: They hate him. Now we know. They hate him, buddy.
1: I'm waiting for the first one that has, he likes me. <laughs> what a segment. The mic is cutting out, then it just drops audio like they think they either dropped a swear or something. <laughs> and then Rusty Tillman says nothing. <laughs> My man's just, he just had a
2: drive, he just the plays. He's just got to little cover a kickoff.
1: Get out of his face. Or get a mic that works, one or the other. <laughs> McCollum then kicks it to Kirby Dardar. What a name. Who gets it to the 20 yard line. Uh, afterwards, we make the Vegas defense on uh, Hitman's first drive, but unfortunately, there's nothing batshit in the Vegas defensive intros.
3: You would think the defense would bring
1: a
2: lot more um, batshit. Like, the offensive line had a lot of personality for an offensive line, I think you gotta give those guys credit.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, yeah.
1: So, Charlie Polari finds Amity DeCosmo uh, for a first play on a first down on the sidelines. Couple plays later, he's his. He throws incomplete. Brandon Sanders is trying to kill people. It looks like uh, a punt goes to Kaiser, gain about eight from the 17. There's a flag, so it goes back because of a personal foul. <laughs> they interview, they interview uh, Harley Tarver. They interview somebody. I forget who it was, but they go, "What happened?" And he goes, "Quote, it got down and dirty like the South, baby." <laughs> then my, then my next note continues the cheerleaders. Hello, law student turned XFL cheerleader. <laughs> Allegedly,
3: yeah,
2: but that's where they found all the biggest cheerleaders. Law school.
1: <laughs> so, Outlaws drive coming up. Clemens is chased in the end zone. And chuck's it out of bounds on the third and. Luddy finds Brett Batch for 14 yards. Finds him again for the for a first. Then he finds Mike Furry down the sideline, wide open for a first around New York 28. There's a flag pre-snap. Matty B goes. Lots of heavy breathing out there. It sounds like a prank call. False start. Clement finds tight end Ricky Brady over the middle. Rusty Tone is yelling to call a timeout with 237 left in the third, second and three. We can update from Jim Ross a Jerry DeKing Lawrence from the Chicago Orlando opener, more on that later. And Jim is losing his shit as Jeff Brown goes over the middle from Kevin Swain for the first XFL touchdown. Jim calling it like it's either an episode of Raw or a 1980s UWF tape. Now there's a Michael Alexan reference that he will enjoy when he listens to this. <laughs>
2: Uh, I I wanted to watch this league, and those two were just literally
1: unwatchable. It wasn't too much. <laughs> um, so we a little bit later, third and five. Clement calls a timeout. Um, as play clock goes down to two seconds, one three We get a shot of the cheerleaders dancing. Matt goes, "quote I feel uncomfortable, man alive. Something, this is something else." Vince McMahon is mad at Matt for the I feel uncomfortable bit and demotes him and tries to kick him off the XFL broadcast later in the year. And then the network's like, no, you need him on the air. He
2: was, like, he felt like the rest of us watching this. It's like, (laughs) I'm having fun with this. I'm not taking it too serious.
1: This is also a little ridiculous. Um, Joey Elam's is called again for a hold on bets, which sets up a first down uh, right after that bit. A um, couple plays later, we get this.
5: Down to 10 seconds in the first quarter. It's with a cut. Sloppy seconds. Ricky Brady out.
0: shot at the interception and he deflected it right up
1: in the air and it landed so softly Matt, you could have caught that tip drill tip drill that's why you do the tip drill third and six ten seconds left clement with a pass over the middle it goes off of linebacker ben hanks and lobs up to brady in the end zone Matt is yelling about sloppy seconds. All right. Just uh, say, Matt Prestige's
2: iconic first
1: touchdown call, <laughs> sloppy seconds, out of a touchdown. The the extra point is a mess to try and figure out what's going on. Uh, there's longest yard jokes going on. Clement then finds a wide open Brady who drops it, and Matt goes, "Oh, you got to be kidding me, Jesse! Oh, it's <laughs> nine. It's nine nothing after the first. So there's still twelve seconds left per the digital scoreboard. There's a lot going on here. <laughs> Matt is so struck by it, he has nothing to add. <laughs> I was going to say, one last thing before we finish off. As they're going to commercial, the girls are walking up the stairs, and Matt's just, Vegas, baby. Vegas. I have in brackets, this man becomes a god of a baseball announcer. I, I mean, I,
2: uh, there's a lot we know now about how they try to kick him off the broadcast and stuff, but I... You know, watching it back, I thought, you know, there's some good stuff here. It's pretty enjoyable. I don't mind him. and It's everyone else that's making me crazy. But
1: <laughs> So we start the second quarter. Um, any thoughts from the first, by the way? I mean, there's so much going on here in terms of the football and the other stuff. And I, uh, One of the
2: things that I noticed r- really quickly was that without things being scripted, you could really tell the WWF talent... Is really struggling to think on the fly. Like Rudd Smart introduces himself, it's like they hate me, they hate me. And then they spent half the first drive. Like, Who hates them?
5: Who? What? Who hates them? <laughs> I'm like, what
2: are you talking about? It was context clues. Were you not listening to the man two minutes ago? That was a whole thing for like a couple minutes on that drive. And it's just, it's like that nonstop. There's all
3: these things happening, and they just have no idea what's happening on
1: the field. They're not paying any attention. So, start of the second quarter, Matt goes The host Las Vegas Outlaws do all the scoring in the first quarter of NFXFL action. <laughs> I lost it. <laughs> uh, Dardar's kick return uh, goes to 2 to 28. Uh, Hitman's second drive in the first play. A pretty good screen pass to Dino Falau, who breaks a few tackles and gets to the 45. Um, couple plays later, Jerome Daniels, the right tackle, is down-holding his right knee. Uh, we get another update for the other XFL game. There's already 16 points on the board, and Ron Meyer is excited. There's no sign of a black trans am uh, in the parking lot. <laughs> uh, this is just uh, absurd references galore here of you and I tonight. We are cooking. <laughs> uh, Jerome Daniels has helped off, and Matt just yells... David Spade is in the house. Got <laughs> to him in a Joe Dirt hat, a oh, fog hat shirt. <laughs> uh, that's how you know it's 2001 right there. <laughs> uh, second and ten, Polari's possibly, it looks like he's hit as he's thrown, but uh recovers Michael Mason's pressing. He just loses the ball on that one. Third and 16, he finds Fred Brock uh, at a fourth and four. Uh, Mike Furry gets eaten alive on the punt return. Vaskir's excited. Flags flying, there's a no yards flag. Introduce the kids to CFL football. Bring in Rouges.
2: Would have added to the scoring in some of these games.
1: <laughs> Third outlaw's drive. Clement tries to find black down the It's incomplete. Then there's like a jump cut from about 30 seconds to Jesse telling Matt, it's a good thing you're single, man. So I don't know what happened in between. <laughs> yeah. Even YouTube would let that, uh, that bit live. Uh, so here's a second and six play right after that.
5: They load up a lot of receivers on the left side. Clemens got to dump it, off, he hate me, Rod Smart, there he go, midfield, breaks a tackle,
0: still dancing, still on his He's feet, this game, don't show more breakaway speed. And now we know why they hate him. He hate me with the biggest game of the night so far.
1: Clement is under pressure and he finds Rod Smart, he hate me, gets down towards the 20, and Matt Vasker has a goddamn stroke.
2: Very, very excited, Matty V. Very nice run by Rod Smart, who's quickly becoming a household name.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, is Dickey to be a household name. <laughs> yes. Um, a play later, here's that bloke again. I found up her Wikipedia, and it it's Fred Rogan talking to Rod Smart. All right, with he hate me, Rod, talk about the play.
0: He's <laughs> going back in. Okay, Fred. <laughs> I, I don't think it's that. I don't think he, he just don't like Fred. <laughs> Fred hate him. Eyes up, eyes up. He hates no, Fred. Up, on, baby. I a left 97
1: slant on three. On three. Hang in there. We got to hustle. We got to hustle. My note from that attempted interview attempt. Hashtag journalism. <laughs>
2: Russ Smart has just ran, whatever, 30 yards down the field. He comes to the sideline. Coach says, all right, one play, you're back in. He hates me. He's trying to catch his damn breath. Gets a, a mic in his face that's not working. So they come back, and it's like, hey, one play, he's back in. What, are you going to talk to him? Chase him
3: down the field? Yeah, that's what you're going to try to do.
1: <laughs> um, <clears throat> excuse me. Smart goes up the middle on third and one to get third and one situation. Uh, and he has nine touches for 69 yards. Nice performance so far. Clement with a timeout of 9.34 left, and another celebrity appears.
0: I hear the guy who runs NFL, Paul Tagliabue, said that the XFL is a non-issue. A non-issue? Hell, I think that's an insult to football fans everywhere and an insult to the men knocking heads on the football field. You no know, Mr. Tagul You might be careful of that non-issue just might bite you on your ass.
1: And that's the bottom line, cause Stone Cold sets so. up. It's that rare period of time where Stone Cold Steve Austin's team music is disturbed doing a cover of it, and also Stone Cold giving like a fourteen percent effort, Stone Cold Steve Austin promo. <laughs> I, I love the that non-issue might bite you in the ass. <laughs> yeah, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> On to the ensuing third and one-pay. Clement tries to find Todd Floyd, but it's incomplete pass. He's tangled up with Elan's. McCollum kicks a 32-yard field goal, and it is 12-0 for Vegas. A very good XFL score, 12-0. <laughs> tremendous,
2: tremendous
1: content. We're, we're guaranteed XFL score gami from this game, no matter yes. what. <laughs> but, Butler of a good return. He stopped near to 40. Hitman drive, uh, number three. Polari over the middle. Looks like he's double coverage. Uh, but it is caught um, by Zola Davis. Uh, gets a gain of 16. Um, then we cut to the stands with someone named Carol Groh, who is with some guy with frosted tips and a Philadelphia Flyers Union on his son. Poor kid. That's all I got to say on that.
2: <laughs> I love that they did a random interview with the guy who was just like, love that love that kickoff, or the coin toss. I'm like, <laughs> It was twenty minutes ago. Look <laughs> at the now. We're talking
1: about the toss. Jesus Christ. Speaking of the, speaking of the now, here's the second and ten play.
5: Blue eighteen. Second and ten for Blue
4: eighteen.
5: Lot of time to throw. He's got a man over the middle. There's Brandon Sanders.
0: Oh, and I, just, I love like, it. Okay, you know, I, know, I know, I know. Okay. You're right right like, short? I'm sure. I You Sure. Because you a little bit. Man. The sidelines. That's what you get in the XFL. Oh, he's still
5: talking all the way off the field. <laughs> look like
0: you were hit by a truck over there. Oh, he got me, but you know what? I roll with punches, don't please believe
1: me. Like Sugar Shane, Sugar Shane, baby, I roll with the punches. That's all that was. So Tell him keep coming at me. He gonna put me back where I need to be. So Tell him keep coming. He's a bum. <laughs> Marker. This
5: is where the collision took place. I think that was uh, his head right there.
0: Woo-hoo. Oh, He's got to bend it back, lady. Oh, Brandon Sanders
5: will talk with the best of them. I'll tell you what, yesterday he was calling out Allen Iverson saying he don't know about their life. Sugar Shane Mosley, he's qu- I'll tell you what, Brandon Sanders is just animated and talky. And his interception gives the ball back to the Outlaws. Well, the great
0: thing about the XFL, we have freedom of speech.
1: Uh oh, he hit me in the backfield. Polari goes towards Fred Brock in a sea of outlaws. He is picked, <clears throat> excuse me, on the play. He is picked off by one of the Vegas defensive backs, that being Brandon Sanders near the red zone. Uh, he heads towards the sidelines on a good gain and then is murdered. As the booth reacts like jacked up, just came back on ESPN. Troy Stark, one of the guards with the hit. Um, he's up and okay uh, and rip that yard marker by the way I'm not just absolutely (laughs) bent
2: I looked it up and Troy Stark was 6 foot (laughs) 7 that that feels highly, highly accurate that is he did not steal an inch or two in that one. He looks all that big. That uh, was a great form, too. Like, just really nice form to tackle on that hit. And, you know, as I, I talk about the XFL broadcasters yelling and screaming, whatever, that hit deserved the the, the, the ovation it got from the announcers. That was really fun. That was a big hit. Mm-hmm. And I love that the guy he picked is just sitting there grinning like, I'm okay, he am going to
1: recover from that, but I'm all right. Then they're talking about calling out Ivan here and stuff I have it in my notes. I can't remember for what that was about. But he heard the end of the clip, Vaskir's, and, uh-oh, he hate me in the backfield. <laughs> uh, this moves all over the place. So, Outlaws drive number four. Clement can't connect with Floyd near the sideline on the first down on third and three. It's a false start. Moves it back to third and eight. Uh, Clement tries to find um, Nakia Jenkins, wide receiver, on a run, but it's incomplete. Uh, Dar-dar Binks, me in brackets, ugh, seven-yard <laughs> return on a punt. Um... Also, of note, you also noticed this is going cut the JR and Jerry the King Lawler later on. The booth is in the middle of the stands, which is kind of interesting.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's 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 very much
1: like a, a WWF show, obviously. Mm-hmm. And, like, they're at
2: field level, too. At least they aren't for the other game, right? The Orlando game.
1: Mm hmm. Uh, Jesse says to Matt, wait till we get to Chicago in February. <laughs> I can tell you, I think it was Chicago and. New York, I watched
3: a game and there was like 8 people there and it was like below freezing
2: Fahrenheit it was like minus 25 the field was absolutely rock solid it was unwatchable it was unwatchable, it was atrocious so yes the worst would be to
3: come in late February in New York City or Chicago in New York
1: um, what was I gonna say? Um, at least with the USFL and that kind of thing, I think you guys weren't you guys like you were involved with the league. That didn't start to like April usually I don't think right I think no, it was, like no
2: first game ever was March 683. So oh that's it was, right. It was not bad. Um, Chicago played in Denver um, first season and they had a really great blizzard just <laughs> foot of snow, great great stuff. If you get a chance to watch footage of that, really fun. Really good snow game. But it wasn't cold. Like, it was, yeah, it was one of those days. It's like just below freezing. You get a big dump of spring.
1: Kind of slushy kind of deal later yeah, on. Yeah,
2: just big cartoony flakes. It wasn't too crazy. But it was not only the game. It was just literally freezing cold and everything's frozen. The U.S. really never had that. They, had, they did a good job of scheduling games that wouldn't be that way anyway. So.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so we get to... Um, the next hitman drive a couple plays in, then we interview someone in the stands. How big of an XFL fan are you? Well we've been in this city of Los Angeles Las Vegas
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> They know how to pick 'em. <laughs> hey, this is looking like for anyone with a blood alcohol level under two. <laughs> Third and six, Marcus Hinton can't haul the ball in while being covered by James Williams. There's a the flag holding on the offense. Sanders almost blocks the punt. Furry gets a decent return, and then gets hit. And he's out of bounds. bounds. Rezor out of bounds for a flag. What kind of league is this? Calling out of bounds hits. Come on. Soft. <laughs> soft. Controversy. We used, we, used to be a, we used to be a proper country. <laughs> Outlaws drive number five. First play, Chris Chakuma runs up the middle of our power run for 15 yards, and then... Back to pass, Clement got a man.
5: Touchdown! Nakia Jenkins outlaw touchdown. 27 yards. Vegas lighting it up.
0: Joey Elam's beating on the play that time, and Las Vegas offense looking good. I'll tell you, Rusty Tillman. Here we go, here we go. He's not gonna like this for too much longer. 66 power pass.
5: Wide sneak. Keep left on one. Again, no kick after the score. No PAT kick. Run it or throw it from two yards out. Vegas unable to convert their first. A lot of people at the line. Here comes the rush. Clement gets it oh, away. 6'4", 3'10", they needed his
0: speed there.
5: How many catches has Lonnie Bulele caught in his
0: career? That may be the first one, and look at him. Look how excited he is. You know, when a lineman gets a chance to do that, you think that they'll make their day. One of 13 kids, each with the middle name, Jack.
5: Lonnie, Jack, Bulele. After the touchdown to Jenkins,
0: makes it a seven point score. All day long, Joey. All day. Whoa, a little bit of talk from Clements to the defensive back out there. The spirit's out there. Clement, the quarterback, talking to the defensive back.
4: Lonnie Pillayley holding in the extra point. Was that the happiest
1: moment of your life? <laughs> no, but when I go deep next time, that'll be the happiest moment. <laughs> Clement with a pretty nice pass over the top to Jenkins for a 27-yard TD pass. The point after attempts a wide-open pass to offensive line and Lonnie Pilelli. It's 19-0 with 3.30 left on the clock.
3: I have so much
2: to talk about here. <laughs> this was the moment where I, I realized that I cared about the football and the league did not because Ryan Clement runs up to Joey Hurricane Elims, gets in his face, and says, All day, Joey, all day. And I was like, that's odd. I mean, if i been picking on Joe Elims, he's got, I think, two PIs at this point. They just beat him for a touchdown.
1: Yeah, and we've talked about um, him a little bit already through this program. Yeah.
2: So those guys played together with the Scottish Claymores two years earlier. They were teammates. Clearly they know each other. And I think that's kind of a fun thing. It's a good banter, and maybe Clements is trying to pick on a guy he knows. Maybe he knows certain things. You could ask him about them on the sidelines. You're talking to him every five seconds, doing all these stupid sideline interviews. But I don't think he was paying any attention. I don't think anyone knows anything about these guys.
1: I, was gonna say, I don't think it's even even discussed during this game. Not once. I looked it up during the game. I looked up
2: where Elam's was from. And I looked. Do they know each other? Like, all well, different colleges. I'm like, oh, Scottish Claymores two years ago, same team. Huh. Interesting.
1: Well, I also it's NFL well, Europe, so maybe you don't want to job mention NFL Europe. Real quick. Like, how hard is that? Yeah. Um, besides that, anything else? <laughs> oh, o- um, Lyman making a catch. Let's go. <laughs> I mean, you gotta love a big man touchdown. And then
2: they throw these one of those 13 siblings, they're all middle names Jack. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
4: like,
2: what? <laughs> Do they not understand how middle names work? <laughs>
1: um,
2: My favorite part is, like, just to try to make this thing funny. You know, I... I- I'm guessing Jesse Ventura is trying to get last here with this thing. I don't really know. Mandy B's making me laugh a little bit, the biggest <laughs> laugh for me of the night was them asking Pulele if that's the biggest moment of his life, and he's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> but then he's like, when I go deep next time, that would be the best moment of my life. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that they asked him if getting a two-point convert in the XFL was the biggest moment of his life killed me. The fact that he just did it, I was like, no
1: absolutely slay me. So you Hitman... The, go ahead. Your more jokes than the color. <laughs> uh, so a column with a short kick with Dardar gets to the 40. Hitman drive number five. Um, Polari finds Fred Brock for a first down. Uh, Drogging is, uh, is asking Jenkins to hang up the phone. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much happening here. Two-minute warning. Polari on a deep bomb. The Brock finds nothing. Third and ten. Polari is wrecked by Antonio Edwards for a loss of seven. Furry with a short return... Uh, the block in the back is called, though, so the outlaws drive with 103 left. Not really much comes with it. Two plays are running the clock down. Two plays are the clock down for the half. It is 19-0 Las Vegas. I, I love that at some point during that stretch, Jesse Ventura is going on about how Rusty Tillman going to be,
3: like, ripping out gizzards <laughs> screaming and, like, using their flesh to repaint the locker room. <laughs> <laughs> like... Stay tuned, Rusty
2: Tillman's gonna lose his mind And
1: murder or <laughs> well, <laughs> To be fair, to be fair In the version that we watch The Big Feeder Hyping Up is lock Room Access they halftime We don't even see it <laughs>
2: Yeah, well I'm gonna, I'm gonna call it a limb And guess that it
1: undersold What we promised
2: <laughs> I think Rusty Tillman's just making some halftime
1: adjustments <laughs> Yes um, Overall thoughts on the first half <laughs> Again, I mean, there's a lot to go over There's a lot going on
2: a lot of bad football there's a lot of miscommunication um, there's all I mean just I mean we're just, I was trying to think back to watching this because I watched this live and I just remember thinking like getting to hear the plays and the camera angles I was like this is fun but it's just so dumb like it's just like I mean, the fans are just random fans who have nothing to say yeah I uh it was it was a train wreck uh, Uh, In
3: short,
1: (laughs) yeah, it was like I I remember like when the XFL came out. I don't think I watched because I wasn't a big football. I didn't become a big bigger football guy. Like I casually watched NFL like when I started going to high school, and then became a college junkie in like oh three oh four. So a lot of this is kind of vague to me, but I remember the league. But I'm like I'm assuming it wasn't good, and we'll we'll get to that. But (laughs) assumption may have been right. So, start of the third quarter. Darter takes it from round of two gets here to 40. Back in Orlando, it is 21 to 21-16 Orlando at the half. As we see John Avery run to a 68-yard touchdown, I think NBC executives going, hmm, maybe we should have sent our main crew to that game. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we may have miscalculated our markets here. Was at least the USFL opening games good <laughs> in 83 <laughs> for first well, it's impressions? Funny. It,
2: it's, it's funny because, Almost the exact same thing happened in the market I was watching because most of the country got the L.A. New Jersey game to watch Herschel Walker play in L.A. Not a great game, but fine, Um, close. But we got uh, the Chicago Blitz absolutely murdering the Washington Federals in a monsoon. And it was not a great game. It finished 28-7, but it was not close. So, but it was... uh, it was much better than
1: this. <laughs> much, much, much better. Um. So as Keith Flies gets a decent uh, first down run for the Hitman, we get stats. Passing yards in the half: one seventy-three to sixty-four for Vegas. Rushing: sixty to negative three. Well, <laughs> Charlie
2: Polari is getting abused back there. He's got no blocking. And uh, something I read was that um, they found out later that. He was struggling so much because he couldn't grip the football because he didn't creep the way you're supposed to. Yes. And so after a few games, they started, like, brushing them with sandpaper and stuff to, to get the sheen off. And I mean, uh, to be fair, most of the other quarterbacks aren't fumbling the ball over the place. And Troy <laughs> could all their hells So other guys are coping better than Charlie Polari but um, it sounds like he wasn't getting a lot of help either.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, Polari is sacked on second down by an R-rushing Carl Simpson. Jesse is just dunking on him. Polaris drops out? back and gets drops back. He drops the ball, gets it back. is under pressure again, and is sacked by Kelvin Kenny. It is fourth and thirty-three. Ventura
2: going on about how they're hypnotizing him so he'll play better. He's, he's trying to fail a sobriety test.
3: <laughs> they're trying to,
2: <laughs> they try to figure out if he's a good cost. Like, Come on, man! <laughs> oh, Jesus! And then they show a replay, and she like. He went down, but he really like
1: the one the head. Like,
0: Why is he not playing? Going
2: on
1: and on. <laughs> uh, this is aging terribly. Furry takes it a punt to the thirty-three yard line. Outlaws' drive number seven is getting underway. When what the hell is Tony Siragusa doing here? Let's find out.
0: Your impressions of what you've seen so far. I'll tell you what. Las Vegas is playing together, dominating out there. The Hitman's better get their heads out of their ass and get something going, man, because you're playing like a bunch of individuals. you got to play like a team, like 11 guys sticking together. That's the only way you're going to get something done. Tony, this is a game of emotion. You're an emotional
5: player. Is that your advice to the New York and New Jersey team?
0: Definitely. You know, I'm looking in the locker room at uh, halftime. Nothing going on. Rusty Tillman, man, what are you doing? Get these guys fired up. I want to see a game here, baby. Oh, my. <laughs> okay. Speak your mind, Tony.
1: We love it. How's that guy not on the Sopranos? Oh. How was that happen? I think Goose might have a feature in the media business, Matt. I love how he's just
2: calling it Rusty Tillman. Like, did they tell everyone before the game that Rusty Tillman's a loose cannon and they are all excited about it? Like, I mean, this man's just a simple football coach. I don't know why he's getting this... <laughs> Anyway, I, uh, why
3: is Goose there? I have no idea. Well, why not? <laughs>
1: they probably said, hey, Goose want to come to Vegas. they like, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, on this drive, Clement over throws Floyd on third down, otherwise, with a monster first down game. Darter has a really good punt return to the 32 or so down to Vegas Island. There's a lot of flags. The ref goes, let me talk to you. My note LA Knight has time traveled from the SmackDown taping in 2023 to ref this game. <laughs> There's the block in the back panel which negates the yards of 10 18 left. Anyway, it is time to continue the adventures of Charlie Palary. Matt. Are you excited? Yes. I believe this is
2: where he gets uh, non concussed for Charlie
1: Paleri. <laughs> so um, the drive gets underway. Polari is almost picked off by Chris Bain in the first play. Elias gets a good run of second down to get to the 30 of Vegas on a 28 yard run. One play later, a couple plays later, Rusty Tillman's already talking about trying a fake field goal, which is a choice. Uh, but, uh, I, it's always good
2: when you can let the opposition know you're going to think about trying a
0: fake field goal
1: <laughs> on television. Uh, Polari is hit as he's thrown to Davis incomplete. Um, so in comes Court McGuffey, what a name, first of all, um, on a field goal unit. Uh, But as an offside is called on the defense before the field goal attempt can happen. So, after a timeout, here's an Undertaker and Biker-Taker era promo.
0: You might say I'm a gambling man, which means I fit right in out here in Las Vegas. Some people are asking me whether the XFL will be a success. Well, here's a tip from me, the Undertaker. Don't bet against it.
1: Well, that was something. Later tonight, we find out The Rock is hosting Saturday Night Live, which is definitely a replay because he had hosted in March 18, 2000 with AC/DC as guests. Though, though, later in 2002, The Rock would appear again with Andrew W.K. as musical guests. I mean, that is a moment in time uh, that you,
2: you could age that with within a couple minutes based on those two right there. Oh,
1: man. Andrew W.K., well, Matt, it is Court McGuffey time of 8, 8 14 left. Let's see what happens. Fourth and four.
5: And it is Court McGuffey in the ball game. They gotta go for it. Field goal doesn't do him any good now. Back up QB in for the hitman. Court McGuffey back. Fumble! Picked up a block and loose.
0: With the hit on the play, and we don't know who's got it yet. Well, regardless, they didn't convert
5: on fourth down. It looked like McGuffey got it back.
0: And what? Here's the pass rush coming from the right side. The big right defensive end linebacker blitzing in.
1: Ball is loose. And another big failure for the hitman. The line is already collapsing. Michael Mason knocks the ball away. Uh, McGuffey gets it back, but it's ripped. Jesse, after, after that clip is done, Jesse's just basically dunking on the team and then is questioning Polari's manhood.
2: But first, is wondering who has the ball. I'm like, it doesn't matter. It's <laughs> down. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Shut up. Who's got the ball? Who's got it on top of it?
1: fine it's fourth down um <laughs> <Vegas ball. laughs> so the outlaws drive smart has another good run as polari is getting interviewed i'm not playing that it's <laughs> I, I like that charlie
2: you know i hate those silent interviews i mean, I mean I felt the NFL the silent interviews were okay because you know some guy drops a pass and some pencil neck is like why is you dropping a ball he's like what's wrong with you why did i drop the ball I thought I was going to get punched by the time the season ended. But generally these interviews, you know, especially at NHL, they got the guy that the bench, just boring, useless. The guys running off to halftime pro college football, useless. Charlie Polari is quite honest here. I quite liked it. He's talking about some things, how they're not you know, they're not dealing well, they're not dealing with the moment. And, yeah, it was good. It was, it was honest. It's very rare, honest. Not too much
3: platitudes. I like that interview. Give
2: mm-hmm.
1: Charlie Polari some credit there. Um as uh, they're saying here so after player's getting interviewed the third one after a short run by small the short pass to Ben Snell can't haul in for a first Dardar is a 20 yard return he's digged up on the play I have a note here hey that other game seems really exciting <laughs> yeah it was amazing they didn't pull away to the other
2: game fully at this point
1: like they're still hanging on um so McGuffey stays in for the hitman drive um we find out that Brandon Sanders enjoys the bump and grind hmm 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 <laughs> Uh, McGuffey on third, on third down and six is incomplete for a short return. One of the great drives in football history right there. Uh, Outlaws drive. John Avery is struck again in the other game. <laughs> what is happening? It is just like air, air, XFL air raid is going on, Matt. Out of the South. Uh, it just, of all the people that kind
2: of made name for themselves, well, obviously it was Rod Smart, but John Avery had a huge game in the other game. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: a
0: really good for
1: him. We find out that Keith his Elias' 29th birthday. Keith says, quote, I'm an old man. Keith, let me tell you, as a guy who's <laughs> older than 29. <laughs> Christian Mamaluga is down with a foot injury. Jesse says, I think it's cramps. <laughs> sure. I, I love Matt Prestige's note at the start of this. His teammates call him Mamou. <laughs> Thanks for that, back. Good note. My next note here is, congrats some random dude on winning money. I have no recollection of what that is. (laughs) I don't either, actually. Clement, Clement bobbles, (laughs) sorry, I just read the next note, I'm dying already. Clement bobbles the ball on the step and then someone asks, do you think more men will be carried off of the field? (laughs)
2: Some reason to keep watching this garbage. Maybe someone will
1: die. <laughs> a guy is getting a wet willy as he's responding, and Matt and Jesse just dunking on the boop. <laughs> Two thousand one, ladies and gentlemen. On third and three, Clement avoids a sack and finds style Gets his helmet ripped off after an decent game. Clement is called for a delay of game. Denny just about, almost throws a pick six to Damon Wheeler, but he drops it. Clement is, Clement is rolling out in a sack by Henry Slay. 3rd and 20 pass to Floyd is incomplete. Brock gets a handful of yards. So, Itman next drive. McGuffey finds Brock. He's wrecked by Jamal Williams. He gets to the biggest 27 for gain of 30. The 3rd quarter ends as... As the 3rd quarter ending as the snap ends it, Jesse is talking about seeing Kenny G at the White House. So you know how this broadcast is going. It is nothing <laughs> after 3 quarters. Matt is at home, questioning his life choice in Regina. A young Lucas is probably uh, getting is getting ready for his trip down to Daytona for Speed Weeks that year.
2: I'm probably getting ready to go up for the night. It was a Saturday. I'm sure I was thinking I gotta go. I could salvage this night still.
1: Uh, for, start of the fourth quarter, uh, we have a t-shirt cannon. Matt calls a guy Edgar Winter. I have my notes. This is a big wave Billy Walton broadcast. <laughs> On second and 12, Joe Tapula gets uh, McGuffey on the sack. Uh, Matt then says it's third and Hoboken. Earlier it was third and three months. Uh, it's just just
3: on reference. Uh,
1: I, I appreciate those. Uh, a timeout is called. Jesse says they're about 3,000 miles to. There, there's an ad I think are talking about 3,000 miles to Graceland. And Jesse goes, 3,000 miles to Graceland. Where does that put you? In the middle of the Pacific? My bracket note. Yep, it is a big wave, Bill Walton broadcast. Oh, they're starting from Edmonton on this play, I think he says. Uh that's what he said, who cares? Uh, just chucks it into triple coverage. Rusty Tillman is then seen yelling at the camera guy. Oh, he's finally losing it.
2: I, 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 I love that Ventura is screaming, don't be, what an idiot, throwing triple coverage. I'm like, it's 19 nothing. they got nothing. Chuck it up, like, who cares? But I love Rusty Tillman screaming at the camera guy. Get out of the way! I gotta see here. You gotta see this field goal? Trust me, you do not gotta see this field
3: goal.
2: <laughs> You're getting killed. It's 19 nothing. and it's not that close. You're gonna try a field goal now
3: from here?
1: Well, let's see what happens on this field goal. Maybe a miracle will happen. Sure.
5: No good. You don't need us to tell you that.
0: Tillman must have been dreaming if he thought he was going to make that thing. Didn't even get to the goal line.
4: Pretty
5: exciting stuff going on down in Orlando. We'll be back to check in from here in Vegas in moments, but let's go to our colleagues Jim Ross and Jerry the King Lawler.
1: It did not happen. (laughs) It is shanked horribly. It did not not happen Most spectacular way, and it's just like, wow, that's it. We're going to the other game. And as Matt mentioned, I don't have it in the clip here, but we cut to the booth, smash cut to Jerry the King Lawler, ogling cheerleaders. This is before he gets he leaves the Fed in 2001, which is another story which we'll discuss on the wrestling podcast with somebody down the line. And that's it from this game.
2: I love that there's no explanation, just smash cut. We're going to the other game, and they immediately go straight. But cheer- the cheerleaders are cold as hell. They're wearing <laughs> jackets. It's not the biggest cheerleaders, for no. sure. So,
3: King Lawler doesn't care. He is in it. Their backfields are in motion, as he says later. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we won't go into that game because that's on YouTube. So we'll discuss that another time. But yeah, th- that game. I mean, it would be interesting to kind of watch because I kind of want to hear Jim Ross call football. I think he did some call some football because he's a huge yeah. Oklahoma fan. So, but I'm not sure if it would work in this concept with Jerry King Lawler.
3: It, it did
1: not.
2: <laughs> um, he, he could have probably called good a good football game, but uh, yeah, no, they needed. They, instead of you know putting him with Ventura, is just doubling down on the stupid. Yeah. Instead of doubling down on actually giving people who like football something they
1: might like. Fun fact: looking at the every of Wikipedia. In nineteen ninety two and in nineteen ninety four, Ross worked for the Atlanta Falcons radio broadcasting. I didn't
2: know that. That surprised me a little bit. That being said, I feel
1: he could do I mean I feel like he could do a really professional job with whatever he's doing, but yeah. he just knows what gig he's doing. Mm-hmm. So your final stats from the nineteen nothing Vegas went over to Hitman. We'll start with Vegas. Ryan Clement, thirteen of twenty eight for hundred eighty eight yards and two touchdowns. He Hate Me, Rod Smart, 13 carries of for 46 yards and two catches for 48 yards. Jamal Williams, five and a half tackles. Uh, Calvin Kinney with two sacks. Joe Lupa, Antonio Edwards and Carl Simpson with a sack each. And Hurley Tarver and Brandon Sanders with an INT. It's sad that He Hate Me was the star of this game, and he had like
2: 50 yards rushing and 50 yards catching. And Matt Clement didn't even complete 50% of his passes and was definitely the best Game by a country mile. But hit me
3: with those Charlie Pillary stats.
1: 6 of 19 for 71 yards and an INT. Court McGuffey, 9 of 16 for 103 yards. And Wally Richardson, 3 of 5 for 31 yards and an INT.
2: Now Wally would be their guy for the rest of the year at some point. <laughs>
1: yes. Uh, Keith Elias, 6 carries for 45 yards. Fred Brock, 8 catches for 97 yards. Ron Merkerson, 8.5 tackles and sacks for Israel Raybon, Tyrell Talton, and Henry Slake.
2: Just just really, really poor football all around. <laughs> no offense. Lots of turnovers. Sloppy as hell.
1: <laughs> so your aftermath when it comes to the standings. Uh, first of all, in the East Division, Orlando would go 8-2 and two to lead the division. Jeff Brom is pretty good. Then suffers a concussion, and then later in the year has a career-ending shoulder injury, which eventually leads to his coaching gig. The more you know. Um... <laughs> In terms of the rest of the division, Chicago, who came out to what would eventually be the entrance music for Brock Lesnar, which I find very interesting, <laughs> went 5-5 five and five that season uh, to end up second in the East. Uh, the New York, New Jersey hitman was 4-6. and six. Jesse Ventura starts calling Tillman gutless rusty, but sadly there's no steel cage match to finish off the feud. Polari is pulled for Richardson by week three.
2: Yeah, the East division was definitely not the stronger of the two
1: divisions. No. Birmingham at the bottom, 2-8. and eight. Jerry DiNardo... Was the only would can the uh, any plans for player nicknames on the jersey? Smart man, I think. In the West Division, LA goes seven and three with MVP Tommy Maddox. San Francisco and Memphis, (coughs) excuse me, uh, would go five and five each. Uh, San Fran would get tiebreaker with winning both of their games. Uh, They would go Vegas end up four and six. They end up going down to fourth stringers at one point due to the injuries they had on the roster. (laughs)
2: Yeah, Vegas totally had the wheels fall off of the starting all the injuries. A fun note, I, I haven't watched in forever, but I assume something's on YouTube, but games from uh, the Giants Stadium in, uh, in San Fran were actually quite quite cool, and the crowds weren't terrible. When well, they had a good crowd in there, it was a pretty fun place to see a football game.
1: Hmm, interesting. Um, in terms of the playoff side of things san fran would end up beating orlando 26 25 la would beat chicago 33 16 and then in the big game at the end sadly renamed the million dollar game los angeles wins 38 to 6 in the tradition of title games except for the usfl first game that were kind of drab yeah
2: not that anyone was really paying that much
4: attention but <laughs> end.
1: Yeah. no in terms of the league itself Chicago was possibly moving to Milwaukee for the second season, and both Washington, D.C. and Detroit were considered its expansion teams. NBC was not planning to show the second season, however, mainly due to the fact that when the season was starting in February, they were going to be big, busy with the Salt Lake City Winter Olympics and the Daytona 500, which they showing for the first time back in that point when they were alternating with Fox on the broadcast there. UPN and TNN, later Spike TV, were available, but UPN told Vince McMahon that their SmackDown program for WWF, later WWE, would have to be cut down from two hours to ninety minutes. Vince goes, "Nope!" and on May tenth, two thousand one, the league is done for good. Sunrise, sunset.
2: I, I mean, I think people were absolutely blown away by the viewership to start with, and I don't know if really leaning into. Being a, a very football focused, pay attention to the plays, talking about strategy, X's and O's, listening to guys talk to each other, asking smart questions on the sidelines. If any of that would have really captured people, but I know it would have been way more interesting than what we got.
1: Yeah, because and we're sorry, Matt, because we're in that point right now, like this is the final month or so leading up to WrestleMania 17, so that wrestling line you're going after, because WCW gets bought out, ECW gets bought out, and it's starting to shrink down anyway, so you're kind of crest away so that audience is going, you pissed off the football audience, so what do you have left? Yeah. Beside I me mean, now, the signals committee would have been all over this. But they, they aren't around yet. Well, I mean
2: the absurdity is, is something. And like let's be honest, it was it was a February and you know, it's Saskatchewan.
1: Was a lot else going on, you know? I, they could watch an NHL game, I guess. But I was gonna like, say yeah, at that it time it's what NHL game and maybe a Pat's game if like it was on local cable if you had it.
2: Yeah, so it it was it was an easy sell. The Super Bowl just ended. Um, yeah, I if the football had been even passably good, I would have watched Marvin. I just was so easy. Just to, this is stupid and it's annoying. Like it was it was aggravating to watch. Mm-hmm. Just to get yelled at by. People yelling like, nonsense and catchphrases. And it, yeah, it just, it was so heavily, clearly not meant for me. Mm-hmm. As um, a football fan.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> in terms of the XFL itself, it would come back again in 2020 with Vince involved, but that ended up going by the wayside pretty quick as all of the COVID 19 pandemic. The Rock ends up buying it, and they just wrapped up their first season of the new XFL, competing against Matt's USFL 2.0. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but
2: that's the thing is this like they had mic'd up players they had access in locker rooms they had an innovative camera angle that's become pretty standard if not all the time but used constantly mm-hmm. um, they would later have people on the field during the games um, lots of interesting things like just really cool innovations and they didn't really capitalize on any of that which is sort of a shame and now Any of the good ideas that they had have been stolen ad nauseum. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's over. There's no way they could. Anything that was interesting that they had and innovative, they they squandered that chance. And now it's just, you know, second-rate football under a different banner.
1: Yeah. Uh, in terms of the NBC sports stuff on the football side of things, they end up getting arena football from 2003 to 2006, and that finished up just in time for Sunday Night Football, which they got the rights to in this 2006 season. So, And I, I hear that programmed as well. <laughs>
2: yeah, well, it's yeah, a good, good product. So.
1: Uh, so, I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this in a way. But would you recommend this? <laughs> <laughs> or checking it out in terms of a car crash purposes. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I,
2: think, I think it's an interesting moment in time because, like, the hype on this was pretty surprising and it had a huge viewership. And then when you watch what it actually was, um, particularly the on-field product, it's baffling. Um, but then you see some of the innovative stuff they were doing and some of the opportunities, like, even just being able to listen to the plays, I still kinda of find that cool. Like the first play they ran, they, they they called a formation. I thought, Okay, well that should be something, um, you know, to the left probably an overload and they, they ended up running a, a three receiver set to the left and they're supposed to throw a slant and he didn't he just sort of uh, did the quarterback draw, which I don't think was really what the play was, but and see something like the slam, but that's already way more interesting. Like you know, it's it's a nothing play in the first play of an XFL game, but it was interesting to think about the, what they were trying to do, what they ended up doing. Um, and so, if you're curious about those things, it's kind of fun to even just hear some of that, hearing some of the adjustments at the sidelines. I mean, most of that's being shouted over while it's happening, which is frustrating. But um, I do think some of the the nuance the, the the nuances of what's happening out there is kind of interesting. So. Um, yeah, and then there's all these, you know, weird wrestling promos and cutaways to the stands and just non sequitur. Yeah, just so much random crap going on in this game. But um, yeah, it's it's an interesting timepiece
1: and very much of its era for a lot of good and or evil. Mm-hmm. So, in terms of a game, no. In terms of a time capsule piece, I kind of recommend it. I don't know what this league was trying to be, as we've kind of discussed earlier, some of the football stuff and then uh, WWE as- or WWF at the time aspect and all that kind of stuff. Like realistically, just buy arena football, make it down and dirty arena football. You kind of have that element already, and then well, they,
2: they they wanted to like they really really promoted how it was old school and you know there's no slide that you you gotta take your hits out here and you know you know, no fair catches and blah 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 blah. But it wasn't. It wasn't that physical. It wasn't. It wasn't that much different than the NFL, except it was just poorly executed. So,
1: mm-hmm. um, and it's totally, like, sorry, Matt, it's totally different. Sorry, man. It's totally different the USFL year where the USFL is able to get guys coming in right now. Oh it, yeah, you weren't getting that in two thousand
2: one. Well, I mean, even then, a few. Of the, you knew a few of these guys because they were they were decent college players, but most of these guys were real journeymen. But it turned out. Some of them were bad, which is always interesting. Um, You know, I I think the talent in this league actually was probably better than the talent in the current XFL or the current USFL or the AAFL, which actually had some not bad players either, but, um, yeah, the talent wasn't that poor, like, surprisingly, Mm. because you look at the actual play, and it's really bad, (laughs) but... You look at what some of these guys did later. They're like, okay, well, there's some players out here. Like, why? Like, LA played okay. Like, LA, you know, I think that LA, LA San Francisco probably played some games that were pretty entertaining. There's a couple mm-hmm. of teams, but yeah. I, they didn't seem to know what else to do, but besides, do wrestling. Like, let's yell a lot. Let's, let's hype everything. Let's oversell. Let's focus on the cheerleaders too much. But, without it being scripted it's just it's, it's chaos and it's it's yeah it doesn't come it doesn't work it just mm-hmm. doesn't work well Matt so I thinks- thought they had something I thought they could have actually made this work which would have been a miracle but I think they, it was there for them like, for mm-hmm. a brief shining second
1: yeah and, and I think that like- kind of it kind of shows too like we talked about it, like Nakabim, you, Sif, Elia and that of we were that podcast a couple of years ago but you look at that like the the, the, the man's Clearly, I don't know if it's there for a spring league per se, but the demand for football coverage is pretty much 24-7. But now the NFL, even more so than 2001, is a 365 league. So in terms of everything else, I mean, college gets its stuff, but even then it's like no one's going to care about a reject league or something yeah. that's viewed as a reject league.
2: Yeah, and it's, I mean, in the 80s, yeah, the NFL was really good. But the level of the NFL now is so far higher than anything else. Like the CFL was as entertaining as the NFL, if not more so. A lot of years, you know, 30, 40 years ago, that's not the case now.
1: No, um, I know, will the say the game CFL games. this year has been pretty entertaining and good games. I blamed I, of course, say that's because Swag Kelly is now gracing our country. That's another <laughs> yeah. story.
2: Well, and I think the quarterbacking just isn't isn't the standard it was, and I mean. The whole reasons for that, and that's probably good reasons why it's been in the NFL now than it was previously. But, um, but yeah, the, 80s, the USFL had interesting offenses and concepts and wide open, and the NFL was still pretty stodgy and a lot of running, a lot of tight ends, a lot of fullbacks. So, um, in the XFL, like there wasn't a lot of wide open, throwing. You know, it was pretty standard stuff. No one was trying to do anything too interesting or innovative either schematically so I think that also was a a factor in terms of why you know it's one thing to be bad don't be bad
1: and boring Mm -hmm. well Matt thanks for doing this I think (laughs) 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 what a journey Um, always a pleasure always fun to go back and revisit something I haven't
2: watched the XFL game in 20 years I'm (laughs) sure so uh, it was interesting
1: Um, we'll have you on again at some point here I'm sure to discuss something that's actually good We'll discuss that <laughs> off-microphone. If you want to hear Matt's previous appearances on the program, you can just search for the Let's Remember Some Sports podcast on your favorite podcast platform or just find it on Anchor. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again soon. And to round things out, you're going to hear some bits from a post-game press conference that was simulcast on Headline Sports. Let's remember some networks.
4: My wife is here. Uh, but uh, I thought that there was a, a, the right compliment you know, of, of sexuality uh, and a right complement of confrontation, uh, the right complement of really good, uh, hard-hitting football. I think that what we were trying to do uh, was to show the passion of the players. And, and again, and I said in my opening remarks, you know, to, uh, we, we thank the players for allowing us to, to really experience their game. And I think that's what was done tonight on television. I think that the viewer experienced the game. Uh, one of the things that Jesse really did well was not talk, and, and I don't mean that disparagingly. You know, but there are you know comments that were made by coaches uh, during halftime on the field, players on the field, in which you could hear what they were saying and the, the feeling they had. And so you know, the announcers laid out that that was the first time you ever really could experience that from a fan standpoint. So we opened the game up really more than's ever been opened, you know, to to fans, and that's really what it's all about. Oh. What about tonight's game did you see that's going to get a lot of younger people interested in the XFL? Well, yeah, what you saw was an honest game tonight. You, you heard honest commentary. Our <laughs> cameras and microphones you know, to our fans. You saw the, all the signs that they brought out. You know, they're a really big part you know, of everything that we do. Uh, Jesse criticized you know, the quarterback's play you know, from New York. That, that was very honest. You know, so you, you really felt and, and saw and heard a lot of honesty out there, which you don't get. You know in most other sports it's oh thank you and let's go down oh no thank you and all that kind of crap everyone's real nice to each other thing you know we hear it i I think that you know from a the hard hitting standpoint being inside the game i think young people as well as old i think the i think the nfl audience quite frankly with the exception of the old farts you know here in the media that don't like means just like things that are traditional other than that You know, I think that uh, I think not just the young audience, but I think that the older NFL audience is really going to enjoy what we do. And quite frankly, they're going to say, geez, why can't the NFL be like this?